So much is going on with the real estate market right now. Rising interest rates, various markets going great guns, others not so much. How can you create a strategy that is going to, one, get you your dream home, and two, get it at the right price? On this week's episode, we are going to find out how you can make your best move in this ever-changing real estate market. You're listening to Real Estate Right. Top experts talk about how to buy, sell, rent, and invest right. Your host is Sue Langda. Getting your sales copy or your rental copy written by Real Copyright is proving to be the best investment you can make when putting your property on the market. We write clear, concise copy, drawing in several interested parties, ensuring you get top dollar for your property. If you want to know how we can help you bring the best buyers and tenants to your door, contact Lisa at orders at realcopyright.com.au or on our hotline 5977-889. Yes, that's 5977-889. Frank Volantic is one of our best cheerleaders here at Real Estate Right. With over 22 years' experience in the real estate industry, He surrounds himself with the best people. He's always eager to help educate the public with his dedicated strategies in buying, selling and investing. And he is unbelievably passionate and genuine in everything he does for his clients as well as his colleagues. Always an honour to have him on our podcast. Welcome, Frank. How are you today? Great, Sue. Thanks for having me on again. I always look forward to our podcasts and sharing some of my tips and uh, really uh, looking forward to today's session again. Awesome. So um, thanks for coming on. Now, this time we're actually recording from your office in Elwood and we're talking about the spring auction strategies. Now, the market is a bit volatile, which I'm hearing from all agents. Don't believe the media. Is that what you think? Yeah, I think, I mean, it's just sort of transitioning now to be more of a buyer's market and we had a seller's market. So the sellers had their time to shine for like two years and saw some massive results. Um, and now it's just, you know, the, the pendulum's coming back to buyers having more opportunities. And um, that's that's not a bad thing for the market because the market will ebb and flow. And yeah, as I said, we're just transitioning from a seller's market to a buyer's market. So sellers will have it a bit tougher and hopefully buyers will have it a bit easier for our buyer's advocate clients. Sounds good. Now, I always think there's always the uh, five Ds and a U, death, d- d- Force, debt, distance, downsizing and upsizing. Do you reckon that's true? Yeah, mine, yeah, I call them, I've got five and I think mine are death, debt, uh, distance, um, divorce, deadline. Um, yeah, when, they, when they've already bought or they're moving away, um, I think, you know, that's a massive uh, massive situation for a, a person selling if they've already bought another property and have a, a deadline uh, elsewhere or they're moving away. So yeah, the similar Ds, but yeah, the, the uh, what we call the distressed sales. If uh, if owners have to sell quickly, they're the ones that we try and snap up for our buyers. Sounds good. Okay, so let's get into the questions. Um, so as we're on this buyer's market sort of platform here, what are some strategies you can do to sell your properties this spring in the buyer's market? So one of your first suggestions was styling and cosmetic work. Yeah, definitely have to present it right, Sue, because 
uh, buyers will do their shopping online these days and if the photos look terrible they won't even shortlist that property Um, so it has to have street appeal it has to have that sort of I suppose that first impression has to has to be a good one and it has to last Um, so if you don't style it and you know you have the property vacant it's got no sort of emotional pull Um, if you don't do minor cosmetic works like you know tidy up the gardens and you know um, touch up the paintwork and so forth um, your property won't even be on the short list. We're seeing that more and more actually I think as we go through properties there's a lot more cosmetic works going on so that's true. Now um, a lot of people putting the focus on internet advertising but you're also suggesting maybe go back to newspaper ads a little bit? Yeah I think I mean you've got to change it up a little bit and a lot of people buy from their local area uh, and they're sort of still staying within the the local radius. So if you're advertising even in the local papers, uh, you never know. You might just get one of those passive buyers that isn't quite looking. And you know, I've bought like that before where I haven't been looking for a property, and I've seen something in the papers. Um, so I think you know, uh, if you can invest a little bit in that sort of marketing, it might be you know five hundred dollars to a thousand dollars. Uh, to just try and, uh, you know, create another market for you uh, versus the people that are already active will be looking online anyway. Um, It's sort of, I call it the more passive buyer. Um, I always recommend my clients to have a a, uh, for sale board uh, that's, you know, lit up. So it's 24-7 advertising your property, particularly if it's on a busier through road. Um, I think that's just a little easy strategy, which costs, you know, a little bit extra to have lighting um, and, and have your property advertised. People walking past, people going for runs, people driving past, uh, we're not going to see your property at night. So if it's lit up, so just yeah, try, try a few different things. You know, the internet is, is always the, the number one strategy, but uh, how many times, you know, I've bought personally as a passive buyer where I haven't been on realestate.com looking in a particular area and have ended up buying there. Um, and that's the thing. Internet advertising is quite expensive too. So sometimes... That's not only everybody's strategy, is it? Um, so you need to really um, think about what's outside the square. One of the things I thought was uh, maybe a point and agent and a vendor advocate who has had the experience in this type of rising interest rate market. Um, how important do you find that? Yeah, I think you can't buy experience, Sue, in, in any profession. Um, you know, I look back now, 22 years as a buyers and sellers advocate, what I know today versus what I knew uh, one or two years into my career is is like chalk and cheese. So um, I would always go for an experienced um, agent, experienced professional when, you know, when I'm referring clients to accountants, mortgage brokers, copywriters like yourself, I'm, I'm going for experienced uh, business partners because I, I think, you know, as I said, you can't buy experience what you pick up um, in those years of, of doing, uh, you know, work and negotiations and deals uh, is is really important and, um, and it's going to be a tough market for selling in the next couple of years because we are, as I said, in, in a market where there's less demand and there'll be more supply coming on, particularly in spring. And I think, you know, the experienced agents will have already, uh, like myself, gone through, you know, up cycles and down cycles and be able to navigate through this uh, turbulent period. Um, I think some of the younger agents that haven't gone through these up and down cycles will find it really hard. Um, and yeah, like, and experiences we're, we're talking really 12 13 14 years at least because it's been that long since we've had an interest rate rise isn't it so you have to have somebody who 
has experienced that. Yeah, and also the market has changed so much in, you know, we've had COVID, we've had, you know, um, situations now where usually you have a, a sewer seven-year up cycle and then you have a down cycle for three years, but lately you can't work out the normal cycles because, you know, we're going you know, down for a year and then we're going up for two years. Now we're going to go down for a couple of years and then up again. Uh, it's a very regular, um, you know, very regular cycle pattern compared to previous periods in, in Melbourne. You know, the first decade I was in the uh, industry, you know, you'd have a seven-year up cycle and then, you know, a two- or three-year down cycle and, and then it would, you know, change again to the up cycle and down. And that's now changing, you know, in really sporadic uh, periods of time. So it's it's going to be harder and harder to keep... Um, keep working in this market because it's changing and you know again once interest rates stabilize uh, we'll probably be back to another up cycle in a couple of years so um, so yeah experience does count you know we're finding it tough in this market and uh, and I've got 22 years experience so I'd, I'd hate to think what younger people are going to find it with you know more interest rate rises on the horizon. Totally agree with you another little idea that you had was target a specific buyer in your market so for instance you know if it's a family home say it's a family home if it's first home buyers investors you know say that in your marketing if it's retirees empty nesters that sort of thing is that what we're trying to say yeah and also uh, i suppose uh, the copy is really important so uh, you know giving you a big plug there is you know try and get that sort of uh, message across in in the copy and also in the floor plan because you know if it's a family home um, most families are going to want four bedrooms they're going to want two living zones so they can separate the kids and the adult zones Um, they're going to generally want a bit of a backyard and and some uh, you know outdoor sort of recreation space so uh, if you've got a property that doesn't have that criteria then is there a chance that you can, you know, move around um, the floor plan a bit to, to try and adjust it um, and create that that space? Um, is there a chance to, you know, plan for the future? And if you haven't got that space now, do that uh, when you're th- when you're thinking of selling in the future and add another bedroom on. And, and uh, you know, people are going to want two bathrooms. Definitely, they're not going to want to have one bathroom. And I've I've got a client who can't sell a property. Um, at Carnegie at the moment they've got one bathroom four bedrooms and they're trying to sell to families and it's on a big block of land but it's it's missing key criteria so so I think yeah the, the message has to be right but you, you have to get the the actual uh, you know the requirements uh, right the specifics right because a family home the most searched property on realestate.com is always four bedroom two bathroom generally a double garage and two living zones so um, if you're looking at first time buyers, then it needs to be at that affordable end of the market. That's so they're going to attract the first time buyers. That's you know going to be that entry level type property that they can afford as well. So, so I think really important. Um, and as you said, downsizers, you know, they're not going to want to have a double story house with lots of steps and and so forth. So you know, I think you know, get your message across really clearly um, in the current market. I must admit, we did a property yesterday which had two bedrooms but then three living zones, which is completely disproportional. <laughs> yeah, great. <I> <laughs> so, um, yeah, so basically I suggested we we market it as a third bedroom slash 
you know, rumpus room or whatever like that, just to grab that family. Go, oh, okay, it's got a bit of flexibility. We need, we, we could see this just to see how we could work with it. But yeah. Oh, the other thing you, a lot of um, a lot of clients are doing is they're converting, you know, the garage into another. Uh, another room, another living room, you know, whether it's, you know, sort of slash rumpus room, uh, slash sort of, you know, um, sort of teenagers retreat, um, home office. Uh, and I know I've done the same at my place and I'm doing the same at down the holiday house in Dravana and um, I've set it up as a games room slash, you know, a, a, you know, another area there where you could have, you know, a, a guest bedroom, um, someone could you know, pull the sofa bed out and crash there for the night. Um, so I think that's another little tweak there that, you know, you could potentially create that extra bedroom slash living area if your property doesn't have it. Because if, if you've got off-street parking, then people can still use it as a garage or have it set up. Um, and it's not a lot to set up, put some plastering, um, some carpet squares on the ground and you, you suddenly create another living area or another bedroom or both or a home office that you didn't have. Uh, my, one of my other little tips is, you know, convert the laundry to another bathroom. Um, if you've only got one bathroom, you know, laundry these days is a little bit of overkill. Not everyone has, you know, a separate laundry. Often they have a Euro laundry in the kitchen. Um, and if uh, if that allows it, then, you know, that's been a a big game changer for some of the clients there that have been able to get that second bathroom in um, and just, you know, put a shower in and potentially still have a, a laundry um, space as well. So there's a couple of little tips there that you know, might be able to get you to that, that four-bedroom, two-bathroom configuration if you don't have that at the moment. Sounds good. Um, I must admit, it's even the um, the oldies are screaming out for that second toilet now. Like, you know, when you've got two incontinent people, sorry to say, um, they're desperate for that second toilet. So just make sure you, um, you know, even those two-bedroom or three-bedroom units have a second bathroom or second toilet at least um now the other thing you mentioned uh you should insist on regular communication with your agent essentially agents will have a a strategic plan of communication with you usually between uh like straight after the opens and maybe a couple of other during the during the week but ask for more is that what you're saying i i think just um you know, you don't need regular meetings um, because everyone's busy, everyone's everyone's time poor and, you know, most most of my clients are time poor and, you know, want to get sort of some feedback but they don't want to have to sort of, you know, lose one or one hour a week having a meeting with an agent. But I think having regular emails and, and phone calls from the agent is really important just to get some feedback after each inspection. That's usually on a Saturday and then uh, midweek, you know, Wednesday or Thursday – um, and I think if the agent's communicating that, then you should be fairly um, well informed of how the campaign's going, how the numbers are going. Um, as a seller's advocate, I'd always give my clients some feedback every week and just compare their property to other properties that we're dealing with. So, you know, how their numbers are tracking um, and it is all sort of a numbers game. You sort of then work back from how many people are coming through, how many repeat inspections we've had, how many building inspections, how many contract requests. And you sort of can get, we can get a really good picture of how that property is travelling. Um, and that's why, you know, having a seller's advocate, uh, which doesn't cost any of the extra, can be a great sounding board because we can sort of give you, um, uh, you know, some comparisons with how your property is comparing to other properties in the market as well. Uh, and, and I think, you know, having that regular feedback is, is really, really crucial. If the agent's not 
giving you that feedback, then you've probably chosen the wrong agent. Yes, you don't want to be doing that. Um, now, auction day strategies. Are these going to be the same for maybe open for inspections or not? It's called Rent-A-Crowd, according to Frank. Yeah, well, you know, it, it's it's being creative, Sue. You know, yeah. it's, it's like um, whenever I turn up at an auction and I'm bidding as a bias advocate and there's a bigger crowd – um, my sort of first thoughts are, geez, uh, you know, this might be a tough auction. I don't know how many of them are neighbours, family, friends, um, you know, sticky beaks, so forth. It, it just has that atmosphere that there's probably going to be more bidders, that I'm going to have to probably pay more for my client that day. Um, if I turn up at an auction, there's two people there. I'm instantly thinking bargain time. I'm going to get this passed in. I'm going to then negotiate really, really hard because there's no one else there. Whereas if there's another 30 people there and it passes in, I don't know how many of them are sticky beaks, family, friends. And if I go in and I'm, I'm negotiating and I'm the highest bidder, I'm not going to want to lose that opportunity and, and you know potentially have someone outside go in and negotiate and do the deal. So, um, so by... Yeah, bring your family and friends along. Um, obviously, don't get them to dummy bid because it's against the uh, the, lo- the laws in every state. Um, but it can create more atmosphere and can create that, I suppose that um, you know that impression that there are more people there than maybe there really are. Uh, and I, another little tip is yeah, get those people to park their cars in a neighbouring street because. If you sort of are trying to get to a property and, and you're wanting to bid and you think, well, I can never get a car park here, you're going to start to think, well, if my friends come and visit, they're not going to, they're not going to be able to park the car. I haven't got extra car parking for them to park off the street, for instance, if, if that was the case, then that could be a negative for your property. So, um, so the little tips like that can sometimes, it's perceptions, reality, Sue, sometimes you turn up and you can't get a car park and... You know, you park three streets away and think, oh, jeez, how am I going to ever have friends come over or how am I going to buy? You're probably going to lower your budget straight away or maybe even go, well, maybe this isn't the right property for me. Um, Also, tailor your inspection times to times that would be more suitable for the property. You know, if if there's a school in the street, you're obviously not wanting to do inspections you know, on school time, pick up and drop off because the street's crazy. Um, if the you know the property is facing the wrong way and it and it you know might not get the north light, uh, then try and have the inspections there during the morning where you're getting you know the, so if, if it's east facing, you're getting more light. Um, so I think those little tricks are you know are just really important. Will help, especially at the moment, as I said, that it, it is tougher for sellers so you, you've got to sort of try and weave a strategy that's going to work um, better than you know you've had to in the past you have probably haven't had to do a lot because you know there's been five people wanting to buy the one property now now they you know now you might have one to two people thinking about buying that property just those little tips yeah and you know there might be a time where uh, that that property, as I said, is going to be presented with more light, more sun, um, or it's not as busy um, in that neighbourhood. Again, if there's a lot of traffic around there, and you know that on certain times of the day, obviously school pickups. One example could be Saturday. You know, if you're close to a shopping centre or sports grounds, yeah, then you're going to want to try and avoid those those times because you know they're going to be a, a nightmare for people going, oh, if it's really busy like this all the time, I don't really want to live where there's a lot of traffic and a lot of people. So, Yeah. Awesome. Now, auction day. I've been seeing it a bit happen, um, more recently, but the coffee van on, on, on auction day, 
What do you think about those? Yeah, I think everyone likes the coffee, so I think yeah, I think it's a good strategy. I don't think there's many people that are knocked back a free coffee too, Sue. So, um, I, you know, I think the strategy again works in that if it, if it gets more people to the auction, and whether they're onlookers, the neighbours, you know, going to have a coffee, then potentially it has that again perception that there's more people there. Um, so I think it's a smart one. Um, you know, some of the other stuff I don't think works as well. You know, we talk about sort of giveaways and, um, you know, gold class tickets and raffles and things like that. I, I think something like a coffee van works really well because most people like a good coffee. And, and again, it has that sense of creating uh, more people there. I, I actually like the... Uh, VIP launch nights as well because, you know, that can, again, create a little bit of um, more energy that people will go and, you know, you put on some um, some food and some drinks and uh, particularly if it's a property that uh, is, is presented really well, um, a, a more modern property, a renovated, uh, you probably wouldn't do it for a renovator's delight type uh, launch but um, and often we, uh, you know, we will have our clients, um, you know, invite other buyers advocates along um, and I've been invited to many launches in the past where that gives us an opportunity to go to our buyers before it goes online um, and it makes the buyers advocates look good as well in front of their clients. So that can be a great way as well to to sort of get, um, you know, get those buyers advocates on board because, uh, you know, they can tell their clients about it before it goes to market and, and, and they've got, you know, their clients... I suppose knowing about a property before everyone else does as well. So, so I think that can be a really, um, really smart thing to do. The the VIP launch nights. Um, I think partnerships with local pizza restaurants are great as well. If you you're selling and you have a special offer, you know, uh, whatever it is, free pizza, pasta, and um, those pizza and local uh, restaurants are meeting a lot of people. And they could be referring you lots of business because you're, you know, obviously getting them in the door and referring their uh, their business as well. So the key is really just be a bit different. But there's so much more. Let's gonna have a short break and come back with more from Agent Extraordinary Frank Philandic, where he will talk to us about other strategies you can use this spring. Plus, Frank has got us another giveaway. You're listening to Real Estate Right, and I'm your host, Sue Langada, and we are talking to the amazing Frank Philantic from Advantage Property Consulting about the different spring auction strategies you can have in this volatile market. So, Frank, what other strategies can you do to maximise your exposure and buy interest in your property? Um, well, thanks, Sue. Yeah, really important. I mean, like uh, there's a book called Purple Cow, and it talks about being different, and, um, you know, there's brown and white cows everywhere and then the purple cow stands out and I think that's what you've got to sort of try and do when you're selling your property in this market you've got to have a bit of a wow factor try and do something a bit different um, the coffee van you know we talked about you know the the local pizza restaurant partnership the VIP launch nights and you know um, maybe advertise to the local papers and things like that um, and I think it's also important to visit other properties and and you know go to other auctions and See how your property compares to that property, and that's even before you you put the property on the market. You know, you might get some tips for 
presentation styling uh you know gardens and so forth as well so it could be a good little research exercise um and just to give um your property you know that sort of research um that, that you can sort of look at it and go how does this compare with that one that sold that was comparable i had more bedrooms and and compare apples with apples and um i think the market's uh changing so quickly at the moment that you know, an auction result one week is very, uh, very old news, you know, two or three weeks later sometimes because there is that market shift. So um, so I think it's really important to, you know, keep up to date with other auction results. You can look at properties online, Sue, but there's nothing like physically walking through a property, seeing how big the rooms are, seeing how light it is, um, seeing how renovated it is. Um, so, so, yeah, do your research. You only get a chance to sell this property once, um, so you don't want to leave any stone unturned. And you know, if it means that for a, a few months, you've got to sort of go to other auctions, go to other properties, and and uh, basically spy on your competition because they're your competition if if you're selling in that market or. They're also your competition if you're selling later because they're the ones that have already, you know, sold. So people are going to value their property, uh, your property, based on, you know, some of those results. I'm seeing more and more, not sold signs on, but under contract. So a lot of people are under contract but conditional. Obviously at auction you don't have to worry about um, the conditional because it is um, unconditional when under the auction rules. Um, However, I've been hearing other stories that people are, buying properties and and still not being able to settle at the end. So are we able to ask our agents to confirm if buyers have a pre-approval or a cash-up just to know that they're genuine? Yeah, I I think you can, but um, I suppose, you know, the buyer doesn't have to give you that information if they're buying and they're not subject to finance and they're buying unconditional, you know, there's always obviously uh, the, 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 um, you know, the possibility that someone might not be able to complete the contract and, you know, come up with a balance of monies for, for settlement. But, you know, um, most agents, I, I, I don't think would be able to ask that question because buyers, you know, would, would not have to give them that advice or information. Yeah. Um, but you could ask it because, you know, if, if the buyer gives you that answer and says, we're only borrowing, you know, um, 60% and then we've got a 40% deposit or a cash buyers, um, you know, that's going to hopefully make them a stronger buyer if you've got two offers, you know, which one do you go for? But um, I think auction sales are still, you know, the way to go in any market because of that unconditional factor and uh, that uh, you've got that three days before, you've got auction day, and then you've got three days after, three business days where there's no cooling off period, the buyer can't change their mind um, and, you know, auction contracts um, unless buyers are able to negotiate um, subject to finance as special conditions, um, you know, they are totally unconditional, which then, you know, doesn't have that factor of, uh, you know, 60 days, 90 days down the track, you're, you're sort of more worried about them not settling on time and so forth. Because if, if people have, have signed an unconditional contract, you would expect them to have their finance in place too if they're, you know, savvy buyers. So I don't think there's many buyers that will go and, and buy a property without knowing they can get the finance. So, um, so I'm still a big fan of the auction sale because 
Um, we're finding a lot of buyers on private sales will make it subject to finance for two or three weeks. And if that deal doesn't go through, the finance doesn't go through, you, you know, you've got to go back and put that property back on the market again and you've got the coal in costs and you've got to find another buyer and you've got to start all over again. So um, so that that's the beauty of the auction system, I suppose. The big question, knowing that it is a bit of a buyer's market and therefore there's less buyers, more sellers, what should we be looking for in terms of groups of buyers coming through our properties each at the opens? Um, would you, you know, would there be a, a certain number that we could probably quote? Yeah, I think in the current market, Sue, like five to ten would be a, a reasonable number. Um, it, you know, in a in a um, seller's market that we we're in, uh, when prices were booming, you know, some of the properties were getting you know twenty to thirty groups through, but probably more ten to twenty groups through is on on average. And now that's sort of dwindling a bit. You know where. Um, if you can get five to ten, I, I think you're doing reasonable. Um, I just spoke to a, an agent this week, and you know we're talking about that property in Carnegie that only had one bathroom, and then you know that was struggling; it was hardly getting any people through at all. Um, and another property that you know ticked all the boxes: four bedroom, two bathroom um, in Carnegie, Mimosa Road, just had 46 groups through mm. on the weekend. But it was a family home that was presented right. It had the perfect family uh, floor plan and, you know, it, it ticked every box. So if it doesn't tick every box, you're going to have less people through um, as that other Carnegie one. They've been struggling some weekends getting no people through um, and it's been on the market for, for over 10, 11 weeks. So, yeah, if it, if it doesn't tick the boxes, you know, buyers will be... Uh, very, very, um, you know, scrupulous at the moment, and then, and they can be fussy, and they can shop around because they know that the market's not running away from them as it was in a, in a um, seller's market. So, um, so yeah, if you if you're getting less than five, you're probably you know going to be sort of struggling there because at the end of the campaign, you might have only had twenty groups through. Out of those twenty groups through, you're going to probably be lucky to to land one or two buyers. Um, whereas if you've had forty plus groups through. You're generally going to land four or five buyers. It's a numbers game, and you work back from that that you'll hopefully have you know three to four of those people bidding at auction day. So, um, so yeah, if you can get a campaign with forty plus people there, you those numbers generally um, you know is a numbers game work well. If you're below twenty for the whole campaign, you're probably going to be at the stage where you know you might only have you know the one buyer. I had a property that we wrote up. Um, oh, it was about. Uh, five weeks ago, but um, it had its auction last weekend. And first open, the agent was blown away. He had 40 groups of people through. We're quoting that 1.1 to 1.2, people saying, oh, it's going to get 1.4. Anyway, it got 1.33, which was amazing because they were only after 1.2. So, you know, it is a numbers game. Yeah, absolutely. And, and if it ticks the boxes, then... You know, if, if the numbers are going to be higher, if it's on a main road, if it's you know missing a bathroom, if it's missing a living zone, then those properties um, are going to be harder uh, to to sell at the moment. It's like a, you know, in a rising market, everything flies, but in a in a market which is uh, you know more skewed to uh, buyers, then you know, as I said, you've got to get it right and. That starts with presentation at the start because if it's not presented right, then you're not even going to get the buyers through the door. Okay, so the next question I've got for you is I'm hearing from a lot of experts out there about A-grade, B-grade, C-grade properties. A-grade properties are flying, the Bs and the Cs aren't quite 
uh, doing as well as they should. Should we understand where our property sits on that grading system? Yes, uh, Sue. I mean, it absolutely sums up what we've been saying. If it's a property that you know ticks the boxes and is that A grade property, it's in a blue chip street. Um, then you know it doesn't matter what the market conditions are. Um, I think it'll get a strong result. So, um, so I, you know we look at a, a fifteen point criteria checklist when we're looking to buy a property, and um, it's it's sort of like our investor grade checklist that you know that if it's got the right location, um, if it's got you know the right orientation, parking, security, you know we we go through all those factors, and and that makes it really an A chip. Um, a, a blue chip type property uh, versus if it's missing that if it doesn't have parking and it's south facing uh, and it's dark and so forth that that sort of you know puts it down the scale and again they're going to be hard itself it's on the main road um, I sold last year in Normandy Road which location wise is the the best street it's regarded as the best street in Elwood and um, you know even during COVID um, we got an Elwood record and uh, that that has been smashed a number of times and just found out this week that another one sold we sold for sort of 6.82 million 1.72 million over reserve with five bidders during COVID and I've just found out that another one's just sold for 9.5 million in the street so and it, it, it ticked all the boxes. It was a, absolutely an A-grade property um, and it, you know, it had all the, all the bells and whistles and, you know, got, uh, which was a, a new Elwood record. Now we've just heard that that's been smashed by another sale in Dickens Street for $10 million. So, um, so, you know, these A-grade properties are still performing really well. You know, they're, um, they're all on big blocks, 11,000 to 13,000 square feet. Uh, facing north, you know, um, room for a pool if they haven't got one. Um, so, yeah, definitely, you know, be critical of, of your property and, uh, and, and you know, look at it and look at the, the checklist. As I said, I've got a checklist that I use and, and sort of rate it where your property is because if it's a B or C, it's going to take longer to sell. Days on market will be longer. You'll have less bidders for it. You'll have less numbers through, and your obviously results not going to be a nine point five million dollar result. Um, and and that's I use the the two properties in Carnegie as a as a classic example of that. One's more unfortunately a B or C grade property which is struggling, and the other one is an A grade property that's had forty six groups through. So um, so so yeah, location, location, location. As the uh, the old TV show says, you can't change a property's location you can change a property so you know really when you're buying property uh, the location is crucial because it's going to affect your resale value it'll affect your rental value if you're renting it out it'll affect your days on market how long it takes to sell Um, because some of these c-grade properties now are probably like the one in uh, Carnegie said 10, 11 weeks and, you know, still haven't had an offer on it. Um, whereas average days on market in Melbourne, so is still probably around 37, 38 days for the better properties. And then, as I said, that those C-grade properties are probably going to be more, you know, up to blowing out to 120 days or more as well. So, um, so that's another thing to factor in. If you have got that, you're going to have to hold the property longer. You're going to have longer holding costs. Obviously, most people have got a loan, so they've got you know that sort of holding costs of potentially four months plus then the settlement time for holding costs. Um, so that has to be factored in as well before you go to market. 
A-grade doesn't necessarily mean expensive either. It, it basically means that it's a quality property and it could it, it doesn't have to be $9, $10 million. We're talking – it can also be a million bucks in Clyde, for instance, couldn't it? But it has to be top end. I, I think, a, you know, for me, A-grade or investment grade is, you know, going through my – um, you know, checklist of what most buyers want and that what most, um, you know, tenants want because, you know, if it's a rental property as well. And so, you know, the right location, as, as we talked about before, you know, outdoor area could have, you know, good security, um, a nice view, a nice aspect, all those sort of things make it a great property. It doesn't matter whether it's in Frankston, um, you know, Broadmeadows, Reservoir or whatever, there are a-grade properties in, and better streets. So, you know, you're trying to buy in the better streets. And typically, um, one thing I always do with uh, properties we're looking at when we're buying is is run the walk score test on them, which is fantastic. Just go on walkscore.com. It's a great website. Plug in the property address and it'll give you a walk score out of 100 and it'll show you how close it is to those amenities that most people want to be close to. You know, most people don't want to have to get in the car and go to the local, um, you know, shop or to the park or to the school. Um, so having those amenities as well, you know, is it brings them up to be more an A-grade property because people pay extra. I know uh, where I live in Elwood at um, the Golden Mile close to the beach, you know, the property values are 20 to 30% higher than the Brighton Road end of Elwood because people value being close to the water and I've always lived, you know, close to the water in Elwood and I love it. I can get up and go for a run or, or bike ride. Um, so having those A-grade a locations, it's, yeah, it's basically the, the number one factor in that sort of grading is really location, you know, those, those three golden rules of location, location, location. Yeah. Now, last I'm going to say is how important is obviously having an experienced agent is great, but you've also got to have the experienced support staff or the crew, if you like. So your photographer, your copywriter, your stylist, they have to understand all the the initial eagerness and, and understand the, the types of buyers and all that sort of stuff that they are attracting to make sure that your property gets there. So what do you think about that? I think that's really important. So, you know, you've got to get, have the right team on the bus. And uh, I, I, um, I'm I glad that our clients use you for the copywriting because I remember a, a property we had recently and it was in um, in Glenroy and uh, the copywriting was done by someone else. And, you know, I always go through it and, you know, sort of make some suggestions and, you know, the, the copywriting was so bad compared to yours that I couldn't even sort of try and, you know, change this around. It was just I would have had to rewrite the whole thing. And I just thought, you know, that's, uh, you know, you pay for what you get. And we talked about uh, an experienced uh, professional earlier. And I think uh, it, it's really important to have experienced people on, on your team um, and, you know, have an experienced stylist and copywriter and the agent um, and, you know, a vendor's advocate as well for, for no extra fee. You know, I'm always involved with my clients and giving them advice, um, firstly, on what they should do for the property to get it presented for sale because some things, you know, clients want to do and they're not going to get the, their money back. So it's, you know, helping them make those decisions, um, having a good conveyance so they can get those contracts ready, particularly now that you don't want to be waiting till the last hour before the auction because your buyer might have gone and bought something else so you've got to get those contracts prepared early have them ready before the campaign even starts because if you get a good offer in the first week um, we had that with the property 
in Parkdale, we had an offer of six ninety five thousand, and um, in the end, you know, uh, that buyer went and bought something else, and now we can't get an offer over six hundred thousand for it. So, you know, it's it's been on the market. It's one of those C grade properties been on the market for over one hundred and twenty days. So, um, so yeah, make sure you get all your ducks in a row. Um, and and get that right team on on the bus in terms of you know having that um, th- you know the right uh, the right professionals there to help you get the right result because uh, if you miss one of the things like you know get the wrong copy um, you you know you don't get a stylus in and you take photos and they've got no emotional pull you know the the buyers won't even come to the inspection so you know you've you've lost the buyer before. Uh, you've even sort of started really and and you've got to get the buyers there um, because they've got more to choose from they're going to be less uh, uh, I suppose uh, they're going to be fussier sorry and they're going to be you know uh, uh, less hasty in their decisions these days Sue as well they're going to take their time and uh, and so forth. So I guess the key in this buyer's market is to not be too stingy you need to um as much money into it as possible. Just have an experienced team behind you. Yeah, we've had also, you know, would recommend renovation companies versus some of the clients trying to do the renovation works themselves or coordinate, you know, the, the different trades and it takes them forever and then, you know, they've actually lost more uh, because they're holding costs, uh, you know, it's blown out the renovations taken two or three months whereas one of our renovation companies could have project managed it in one to two weeks. So they think they're saving money. Um, and, you know, a classic example is, you know, one of our clients who's selling a property in um, Faulkner and, you know, they didn't want to go ahead and style it. They were an, an older, uh, as an older um, gentleman and, you know, that property again is still on the market. It's been over 90 days and, uh, you know, luckily get, anyone through the inspections uh, because it doesn't have the, the wow factor online and uh, especially now with still the COVID situation all around the world and in Victoria, not everyone's going to inspect as many properties as they used to, Sue. They're, they're, you know, if people are still worried about COVID, they're going to shortlist and maybe inspect a portion of the properties they used to um, because they might be still a bit scared of, of again, you know, getting COVID. So so I think photos, presentation and copy and all that becomes even more important because, uh, you know, people are shopping online these days. You know, yeah. Yeah, people are buying clothes online that they probably wouldn't have done years ago. People are buying everything online and they're also shopping for properties online. So, so you've got to, you know, be that purple cow, try and make it stand out and, you know, um, that presentation... Um, those minor works, you know, I went through a property in Northgate yesterday, it's got cracks everywhere throughout it. You know, if we were to present that property to the markets, it would sit on the market for ages unless, you know, the owner repainted and, and did some work. So so really important to do all the basics, you know, do do the copy, do the photos, present it right. Um, you know, in summary, you know, approach other buyer's agents, uh, as, as I said, to do those VIP launch nights. Um, be a bit different. You know, um, not everyone uses a vendor's advocate, but in the current market, if you've got an experienced vendor's advocate in the corner, you've got a you know two agents working on it for for the price of one basically. So, um, and again, get that right sort of team on the bus. Uh, and it is more of a buyer's market, so you you don't beat yourself up about the fact that you're not going to have the same interest as what it would have had a year ago. 
Um, it is what it is. You've just got to try and get the best result in the current market. Um, if you're buying, you know, on the flip side, see there's some good opportunities at the moment to buy at better prices. But as I said, with that Alwood property, the, the premium properties A grade are still selling really well. You know, it's, it's usually sort of the B or C grade properties that you might have more opportunities on. Um, so if you're a seller, yeah, just as I said, you've got to be a bit more patient. Um, and if you've got no patience like me, then you're, you're, in, you're in trouble soon. Yeah. Uh, but I think, you know, you've just got to not beat yourself up about it and, and just know that your property might take that little bit longer to sell. The days on market's gone up. Uh, that's taking to sell. Well, I think we've exhausted our listeners, but it's so, so important to have a really strong team behind you in this market to make your property stand out. So thank you so much, Frank, coming on today. Now, I know we can always count on you for a giveaway. So what have you got for our listeners today? Well, I know, Sue, that a lot of your uh, listeners are blockheads. They like the block and... uh, this year is very interesting uh, because the you know the block is out in sunny Gisborne, so I'll be doing a few trips down the uh, the freeway. Um, and what I'd like to offer your uh, listeners again, which I've done in the past, is uh, an opportunity to go into the draw um, to to win a VIP uh, trip and go through all the houses, which would be pretty amazing. I've gone through there once already, and they are the biggest houses we've ever seen on the block. They're five bedrooms. They're thumpers. They're on 10 acres each with views of the Macedon Ranges. So they're very, very different. Um, and, uh, and I'd love to give that opportunity to, uh, to your listeners. So if you run a competition of some sort and then, um, you know, we can get a, a group of four, um, offer that opportunity for them to come down and uh, have, have a tour of the block properties when we have access, which will be um, later this year. And now they've auctioned again in, I think, early November. Amazing as always. Thank you. We will have our special question in our social media for our listeners to answer to be in the draw for the block tour for four people. We will draw out the winner next Friday, the 22nd of October, just in time for the block finale. Any of our listeners want you to help them with buying and selling property, how can they get in contact with you? Well, that's easy, Sue. They can jump on our website, advantageproperty.com.au and get our details and you know either email us uh, an inquiry or call us. And uh, we're always happy to um, review people's portfolios as well because I do that regularly and um, look at what uh, properties people have and you know do a bit of an analysis of whether they are those A, B grade, C grade properties um, to keep or to sell um, because sometimes clients have got properties that are not really um, you know, achieving much and not really um, getting good results for them. So sometimes you know, it's better to get rid of that property than flog a dead horse as such. So, so happy to offer clients that you know, free review of the, their portfolios because uh, um, you know, sometimes people need an independent analysis of that and yeah i'd love to chat to any of your listeners and give them advice when they're buying or selling property thanks so much frank and um again we'll have all your details on our show notes so thanks again okay well next week we have the delightful sophie line from jealous craig burundaro to talk to us about the updates of the residential tenancies act plus the new way to submit your bond it's the perfect episode for property managers to listen to plus also those who are looking to residents. Real Estate Right is produced by Real Copyright, one of Melbourne's leading real estate copywriting companies. And it's written, hosted and produced by me, Sue Langada. 
with the support of my production and social media assistant, Lisa Fisher. All information given on this podcast is a guide only and delivered to help you understand the intricacies that can happen in real estate. We recommend that you get professional advice that is designed for your own personal circumstances. We would like to thank Podbean for hosting this podcast, Premium Beat for their music, Francis Morello for his voiceover, and Zoom for the recording. If you have a real estate story that is inspiring or a great how-to tip, please contact Lisa on 59778889 to find out how you can be a guest on Real Estate Right in 2022. If you would like to know more about our copywriting services, please email Lisa at orders at realcopyright.com.au. Thank you for listening to Real Estate Right. It's where buyers, sellers, renters and investors get their real estate right. Thank you.